Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about deep practice and becoming a better developer. Wait, so you're saying I have to work in order to become a better developer? <laughs> like, you can't just buy a course or like uh, download it into my brain like in the Matrix? Like in the, I know Kung Fu. If it was only that way, I think I would, you know, take the time to learn. There's some programming languages I feel like are more difficult to learn and understand than others or that I would not want to be caught learning them. I think Angular 1 comes to mind. Like, this seems like old news, right? You're not going <laughs> to practice Angular 1? I feel like I would I would be in pain if I had to do <laughs> Angular 1. I don't know why. I've actually never seen Angular 1 code to know whether I'll dislike it or not. But I wish I could do some, some Kung Fu Matrix downloading of that programming language itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks to, like, motivation, which is, like, a really important part of, like, practicing something or like being intentional about like learning you have to like picture yourself at the end of it all like at the top of the mountain like and you're like no i don't want to be on angular mountain please get me away from angular mountain <laughs> just crush an angular one code like that yeah. with the superhero cape behind it's me like we we'd rather it. we'd rather be on like server rendered template mountain then you know aws uh, lambda function mountain that'd be great that's a great mountain <laughs> it's a great mountain i'll be yeah, in the clouds you're I'll be on top of it above the cloud so so all right so you pointed out something it's like motivation is one thing i guess one aspect of deep learning what is before we continue on rather deep learning what is deep practice dave yeah i i just finished reading a book the talent code and it it's not specifically about like becoming a better developer but like they did talk a lot about this idea of like deep practice and how it relates to different things and it got me thinking like i don't remember practicing to be a better developer but i'm pretty sure that i i did at some point anyway so deep practice it's this idea that you're going to practice intentionally so you're going to examine the errors that you're making, diagnosing them and like, you know, iterating on the approaches. So you're going to like try again and fail again, but fail better. Fail better. Yes. I remember vaguely, it was many, many moons ago, but I do remember vaguely learning how, like how to program, like the first programming language. And I think that sums it up. You just fail better than the last time. <laughs> and then you continue to do so. Right. Well, I mean, like, you're just always hitting those, like, weird error messages. And, like, you have to learn what those those errors mean in order to, to get it. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just, like, missing a bracket somewhere. Which I, I think, like, the system could be better. And I know that there's, like, work in many different programming languages like Python to, like, give you better signals, like, to tell you, like, oh, like, this is the line that's missing or what the exact issue is but yeah so you're you're gonna fail but then you know you'll figure it out and keep going and if you put it in ten thousand hours maybe you'll be an expert that's some kind of study backing that up like if you put in the time then you will become better but it does have to be like good practice you can't have the same hour of experience over and over again like you, you have to be like very invested in it and intentional 
Right. So a quick Google of how many hours in a work year led me to 2080 hours a year. So you'd have to do five years, approximately five years of working experience. I imagine hopefully this calculator allots for vacation, right? Because that'd be miserable if you did that. <laughs> Monday through Friday, nine to five, coding all day for five years will be really difficult. But that about five years, I think that sounds right though. I think like you got to sense your bearings on programming and I mean, that's the study sounds and feels correct. I always think about practice very strangely enough. I always think of like practice in this example when you brought it up, Dave, of deep practice to music. Right. I used to play music way before I started learning how to program, but I remember practicing playing the trumpet, like like the the sweat and the amount of hours that were spent to learn certain aspects of music. And this reminds me of that. Like the oh idea gosh, yeah. of deep practice. Yeah. I I remember like bad practice yeah. for me. <laughs> like for for me, like I, I remember like being in school and playing an instrument and like just really wasting my time either not practicing or like not practicing the right way. And it wasn't until like I had a friend that I was playing music with that I feel like they they showed me the light. And it was like, oh, okay, like this is a way that you can practice intentionally. And oh my God, it was like such a superpower just thinking about how to do it. Right. Uh, any any trumpet player out there probably knows about the Arbenz book. That was like <laughs> the book. If you read it from beginning to end, you will become a master. Not the Arby's it, book. Not the <laughs> Arby's. Not the Arby's. The Arbins. I think it's A-R-B-A-N. And it just had all sorts of like exercises to help you like become a better trumpet musician with many different little exercises. Not like actual music. It's just like these little exercises that are important for a contemporary trumpet player. Uh, but literally, if you're in any, any, if you just play music, you would appreciate that book, uh, any horned instrument, I imagine. But it was a lot of like, you know, you take a piece of, of a thing that you're trying to work on, you slow it down, you slowly do the thing and you fail, you fail better, you get a little bit better at it, you speed up the tempo and then you do that. And it kind of resembles the same way that one may learn how to become a better developer yeah yeah and I, I feel like when you're practicing like that like you can kind of feel it in your brain you feel your brain like kind of connecting itself more or like you know it's it's a an exertion like you're paying a lot of attention and like you're very focused and alert and when you're not practicing like that like it's like disengaged or like just kind of bumbling through it and yeah I, f I feel like there's a big difference yeah i mean i think one thing that i've noticed from music practicing and programming practicing is for some strange reason if i don't learn a programming concept fast enough quote unquote fast enough i get frustrated and don't do that people don't get frustrated programming is very hard and you don't want to like get yourself caught up in frustration because you're not understanding a concept if you're being frustrated about something, you probably need a break. 
So definitely yeah. do that for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I tend to do that. And then I realized that I'm like, oh, man, why am I not understanding React hooks? Like, what the hell? And then I'm like, right. you know what? Maybe I need to go get a glass of water, be right back, watch the video over again, do the example. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, that's like part of it too. Like maybe you're doing like too much in one in one go. Like maybe there's like a smaller way you can chunk it up. Like mm-hmm. you could look at maybe you're trying to like test how to do a React hook while you're learning how React hook works. And so like that could be like two different things that you separately break up and practice individually. Or you could try to like look at it a different way like and step away from the video that you're on loop and like read code examples or see how other people have done it in your code base and try and find what what good looks like right i think the the idea of chopping it up into smaller sections and then acknowledging hey i learned this small thing and then the next small thing as you slowly progress in your learning of a new language or a new framework is probably helpful. Yeah. And then like, you know, when you take your break, just imagine yourself on top of Hook's Mountain and it's like, oh, look, look, <laughs> look, look at, at Bobby. Look at Bobby. He's king of Hook's Mountain. Like, I'm standing on the hooks. I got, I got a, a backpack full of them, right? To climb the next mountain with all these hooks. Wow. <laughs> and I guess that's the React Mountain, right? Like if you slowly, if, if that is the peak React developer, you learn the smaller bits of React. You know, that's just one small mountain to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. I need to start imagining myself in mountains. I would never be at the top of an actual mountain, but React hook mountains, I, I think I should be. Yeah. I feel like, did, didn't we go on the top of Bear Mountain? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I actually did. Oh, my God, I hurt. I fell on my ass so many times on the way down. Yes. Always oh, raining so bad. Yeah, that was... That was inadvisable without the right footwear, I guess. Yes. So uh, make sure you're wearing the right gear. You're learning the right things as you climb up those mountains. And whether it's learning or actual bear mountains. Yeah. So like what are some of the ways that we can intentionally practice with uh, being a developer? I mean, the first thing that came into mind was TDD, right? I think the... If an individual is new to test-driven development, it can be really frustrating, right? Like, it could be like, where do I start? Like, how do I begin? And I want to be able to write clean code and understand that I have something that's going to support my application. But the idea of like getting a test failure red and then getting it to green, I feel like that is motivation that you get. Like, hey, I wrote this thing and it, it, it failed and I'm writing the thing to make it pass. And then I'm going to write another test that, you know, further like implements this piece of application that will be covered by by software is probably the motivator too. Yeah. And like also like when you get it down, like so like the bootstrapping of learning TDD is a separate thing. But like once you have a baseline of TDD, that can help you practice any number of things because you're like chunking it up into small steps of developing you're like ratcheting up going through you know making each of the tests pass and seeing what errors are there what's what's failing how it's failing and you know 
iterating on that. Right. And even the different types of testing is going to give the developer different skills to learn, right? Like you can, you know, may have an understanding on RSpec and being able to write tests uh, for your Rails application, but then you got Capybara, right? Like that's the, that's my current mountain that I'm climbing right now. It's like, uh, I don't write as much Capybara tests, but I want to write them good, right? I want to make right. sure that they're good, that they, they're understandable for the next developer and that it makes sense, right? Like I don't want to have to wait 10 seconds, right? <laughs> for, for, for a DOM element to be found. How do I make it programmatical so that it knows when this appears, then you continue on with the code and. You know, I, I broke it down into small chunks. I'm climbing I'm climbing multiple mountains, Dave. Right now it's the Capybara <laughs> and the React hooks and all this stuff. But you know, I found myself a little cheat sheet and I'm breaking it down to small pieces, you know, reading them one at a time, understanding what they do, and then writing them in my little developer diary that I have that says, Hey, I wrote this thing. I think also tracking where you are and what you've learned is also pretty good. Right. Too. I mean, that's like kind of like reflecting and like doing it in your your head a little bit like i i definitely have done that as well where like you just kind of read code and you look at like the context of how all these things fit together especially when you're like starting a new code base like you like you can learn a lot by by reading code and like critiquing it and being like okay like is this good is this bad like what do people like and how does it all fit together and I think another way to practice as well, like with if you have a very large code base, like you can try to change it, like just to refactor it for the heck of it. I think some pe- sometimes people are like, "Oh, I need to like have some kind of permission to like change things or like modify things." But like, it's kind of freeing when you're like, when you realize that you actually have all this code and you could just change it, and you don't have to push it to a branch or commit anything or do whatever it's just it's here and it's completely malleable and you know we can just revert it with git or what have you and you know just by like kind of opening yourself up to like try weird things it can be kind of a great form of practice yeah especially if like like if you're refactoring code that you didn't write so like you try to figure out different ways to ensure that you know the business requirements don't change as well as trying to make it clean for the next person. I think it's a it's a great idea. And as you mentioned, right? Like you at the end of the day, you can always, you know, get reset or get revert, boom, call it a day. Or stash it if you want to keep it for later. I don't know, but look at your code later, you could do that as well. <laughs> Just yeah, keep it on the fridge. Yeah, and like I find it helpful too, like when you're like doing this kind of exploration and digging around the code, like you can draw a picture, like see how the p- different pieces of the code like fit together from like either like an architecture perspective, like all the different services or all the different like modules or the classes or the methods and or the domain objects, like just kind of like looking at it from different perspectives. And I, I think like, that can help too with like thinking about different kinds of ways you might try to like pull apart the code and mess around with it a little bit. The next way to practice deeply, I feel, uh, with being a developer is pair programming. Uh, I think XP was onto something as a methodology when it came to learning and 
practice deeply because you're pairing with someone else like you're going to be more focused on the task at hand with your peer as you're trying to solve a problem yeah that's an interesting point and if you have a good pair which i mean pairing is its own skill that needs practice as well just like tdd so like a separate topic about like how to practice being a good driver navigator and things like that but if if someone is navigating well then they can send you a lot of good coaching signals like they can give you the space that you need to like make a mistake or like understand thing on your own but then like read the room and like give you a nudge in the right direction to like unblock you more quickly or like remind you about like what you're trying to practice or what what your objective is like or what kind of best practices you're trying to do like should you write a test now maybe maybe you should start with a test and then it'll it'll be a little bit easier to think about right and even when the roles are reversed you still get the opportunity to see how that person does the role in their own way and you get to learn and pick up habits from your pair i think what you mentioned before dave back when you were learning music it wasn't until someone showed you the light right in which you felt like you started to learn and practice better i feel like that's the same way when you pair with someone else like you get to see all the good habits that this person may have and be able to use that and put that into your own toolbox and be able to learn and yeah practice more truly and there's like a lot of like little things about people's workflow that you can pick up and observe and be like oh wait like how did how'd you do that like uh, like let's let, let me try to replicate that next time like so observing and kind of imitating and like on that topic of like learning your editor like you can set up your environment like even when you're not pairing to like nudge you in the right direction like there are there are plugins you can have for reminding you to use keyboard shortcuts like when you don't use them that's kind of a nice little like nudge for for practicing and like kind of achieving automicity like or like just complete muscle memory where you don't have to think about it and like you know getting to the level of like an olympic athlete of writing code where (laughs) you just internalized all of the mundane things and you're just like you know doing backflips all day i think i've gotten the most deep practicing of my editor when I pair with individuals because then then they also have their own keyboard shortcuts. They can teach you different keyboard shortcuts too. I think it's a, a great opportunity to get those pieces of knowledge from an editor when you're pairing. But learning your editor makes your life easier and practicing on how to use your editor to the best of your ability is important so that you can do those backflips. Right. You know, one may think that if you're looking at code every day, that you don't want to look at code at other times of the day. But I do find myself looking at, you know, little coding exercises like leak code and exorcism. I always think that they're just like really fun bite-sized code problems that I can solve. And 
that is a way for me to like practice deeply on the skill that I want to get better at, which is just programming in general. Uh, sometimes I could choose a different language I'm not too familiar with to see how you know I would do it in that programming language. But Leak Code, there's a couple of other ones out there I'm sure other people use, but that is definitely a way to uh, to help out. Do some exercises, do some some push-ups and some deadlifts. <laughs> of coding yeah i've i've used exorcism and that's that's pretty good there's like a lot of different programming languages like i i kind of have like my my set schedule for like learning a new language where it's like okay like i'm gonna like look at the syntax on learn x and y that i'm gonna like do some exercises and you know read the docs as i go through that and like you know learn how to test and all that yeah, and I think you know the it helps at the end of the day because you know you can then take that skill or that little nugget of information, and then apply it to to your actual uh, workplace and whatever code that you're working on. But deep learning, I think I will be a little bit more mindful when I'm at a problem and understand that it's an opportunity to learn, and so I'll do my best that when that opportunity comes, I will deeply learn and deeply practice the thing because we can't download information like the matrix not yet i mean <laughs> I, eventually we might be able to i don't know when though if you had to give a year dave when would that time come do you think so you got a, you got a year in mind <laughs> i don't know i think the singularity <laughs> is approaching but i don't know maybe it's all hype for now we'll have to deeply practice the things we want to learn Ensure that you're doing it in a comfortable and the correct way possible so that you can continue to do the things that you want to do. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.